Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Greylof, help, help me with this boy. I don't know, is this that same hunger you guys came across? Captain Trenieros, I've been wanting to speak with you about this. Red's over at the side almost practicing a smile. What happened down there? Fucking strong-headed noble wizards just do what they want to do. Perhaps we should get some focus groups on this. Why does Kieran get a vote? I think it would be most respectful to sit with them, at least for a short time. I've seen a lot of beautiful things, but this one is definitely up there. If we're thinking in terms of Lion King, which I always am. We always think in terms of Lion King. <laughs> Who's Say, the scar of the In terms the of That's Lion a... King, <laughs> how many symbols are we away from being a full-on pride? Dice Shame. This is episode 111, Blind Spot. MVP this week is Sabu or at Sablu Blue on Twitter. That's S A B L O O B L O O for their amazing Dice Shame commissioned artwork. If you like artwork done with amazing heart and wonderful care taken to a beloved character, check them out. They did an adorable picture of Jack and Kieran. 
Want to hear your own name at the top of the show? Come join us on the Discord. You can find the invite link on our website, www.diceshamepodcast.com. Harlan and I moderate the community, and it's a great place to meet new like-minded folks and get up to some mischief. Take part in a holiday gift exchange, attend virtual gaming conventions, catch our live gaming streams, post pictures of your cat, whatever. I can't believe there are already 800 members, but it still feels very close-knit, and we'd love to meet you. We sure would. All right, shall we do this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right, Alex, you wanted to talk about something important. Remember? Um, Remember when Alex was like, I got a great idea for the opening chat and then forgot about it? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking, okay, we were talking about sleep and oh, how sometimes when you are completely sleep deprived, I yeah. find that life is just, the, the next day is always expected to be a write-off, but somehow you just kind of float through it. Yeah, and things work out still. Yeah, like have you ever noticed that? Like, have you ever had a really night, uh, like a late night out drinking or some doing? You know, like <laughs> getting late. late, late. We're going to talk about having a newborn, but no, no, yeah. it's no. Late. no like you're out partying or something the night before. A late night when you're running around stoned in the woods from trying to get away from the. Hey, wolf. nothing stops him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hunt maybe, coyotes. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't had this experience, but the next day. You know, you it's exactly you you actually put the, so perfectly, Justin. You 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 expect it to be bad. You expect it to be wrong. But you float through, right? You kind of like yeah. rather than you're on your toes, you're on your heels all day. And yet you manage to make it by and it's almost like you don't care as much about anything. Yeah, there's a zenness. It's like I don't care. I'm I'm uh, just tired. Yeah, that's right. Zen, you know? I remember going to the grocery store for so this just sticks out. Going to the grocery store and being like, "Yeah, whatever. I'll grab this. I'll grab. Oh, this will be good. This will taste good. You know, you kind of fill your cart with a bunch of crap that you don't really need. But whatever, whatever it is you're doing that day, maybe you're driving somewhere. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah I'll yeah, just yeah, yeah, go yeah. in this lane. I'll so you're talking about this. getting drunk and then being hungover and buying whatever you want at a grocery store and then driving. Well, no, it's these are examples, but. <laughs> <laughs> what it really comes down to is the mindset and the feeling you're in. Oh, so you know? being hungover. No, the sort of the tired, <laughs> I don't care. Fuck off. You're just doing this to annoy me. The, the tired, I don't care, fuck off attitude. Zenness. Is a thing. Yeah. It, is totally it really is. After a night of heavy drinking. <laughs> heavy drinking I, yep. is also a thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's an attitude so much as just a reaction to everything that you've done to your well, body. Well, come on. I, I'm sure. Okay. So so what is your experience then, Harlan? Like when you have had a really, really late night, have you never experienced like three hours of sleep and then the next day you're expecting it to be bad and then- Oh, absolutely. Kind of- I'm not in any way discounting Alex's point. I'm confused about the point he's making because it just sounds like he's saying- you know when you get drunk and then you're hungover the next day? It's like, yes. Well, I'm <laughs> well you know, the, that's the thing. It's like, okay. Alex <laughs> well, what's this so tired. I, I totally agree, Alex. I totally agree. But but what? <laughs> Good intro. <laughs> what about it? Are you just excited about it? <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Builds it is up. That, is that a level You know of... when you're up for like 24 hours and then you're really tired? Yeah. And yeah. then you go to the grocery store. And then you drive store? somewhere. And then, and then you're like, and then you're like driving. You're tired. not sure yeah. if you should be driving because you're so tired, yeah. but then yeah. you do it. Yeah. Life's fun. Alex, is that a Zen state you feel like you have easier <laughs> access to now or 10 years ago? Uh, 10 years ago. I think, I think that's, yeah. 
Yeah. That definitely tracks with my experience also, where yeah. maybe it used to be like, all right, to pull an all-nighter or doing something else and be like, all right, yeah. I haven't slept or I napped for 20 minutes, but I've still got to get up and go to work because whatever we were doing, and I'm going to fake it through. Yeah. Definitely not a work day. No. But there's definitely like a, a systemic sleep deprivedness that I do not appreciate with the with the like <laughs> the nine to five regular schedule of things when my body's like, yeah, two a.m. always feels like a good time to go to sleep. You know, maybe midnight if you're lucky. Until it's like, yeah, you've done that for two weeks in a row. You better like crash and catch up. Okay, I've got I've got an example. You guys ever seen a coyote while if you're you, high? If- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either. Have I told that story? You ever see a coyote when you're really, really tired? I heard one once. Do you tie up your shoes tight? Like, do you guys have tie-up shoes? <laughs> Hold on. Uh, what? I'm going somewhere oh, with I this. See. Just go with me. Well, that, that's a natural segue. Did you just ask four adults if we have tie-up shoes? Well, I know, like, Harlan wears loafers. You just slip them on. Oh, yeah, but I still have a pair of shoes that tie. Tie-up okay, shoes? My point is... Do you do you have a pair of shoes like like my Converse? I love, uh, hold on, can we focus on tie 100%. up shoes rather than laces or anything like that? I love the idea of tie up shoes being the easiest way for you to say shoes with yeah, laces. Yeah. I love a compound word. That's great. You have tie up tie shoes. Up. Okay, I've got shoes that I tie that have laces that I don't tie up every day. They're slip on, they're slip off. They're tie they're tie up shoes with laces, but I don't tie them up. Right? Okay. Okay. Whereas I also have like a pair of Converse, which you can't really do that with. My point being, unless you're super tired and you just don't really care, you put them on. I did you that. walk around with unlaced shoes. You're like, when we picked up oh. Henry, I didn't put, lace my shoes up. No. Oh God, how could you? And why, Joe? Why? It was an extra step. Because you're too tired. Because you're too tired and you're in this Zen zone. You're like, I really don't even care yeah. if my shoes are that tight. See? I give a shit. See? We come, we come full circle. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> is it full circle? That is definitely it a is. state where you just don't care, where like you're walking little things like, yeah, you're walking to the kitchen and there's a there's a chair in your way. You could just pick up the chair and move it slightly out of your way with no. your hands, or you could just, just kind of it. bum rush it with your hips, yeah. and make it move out of the way. Maybe what's happening is like there's. I think that some people just do that all the time, and some people never do that. Maybe. And when you're tired, maybe it's emphasizing a different part of yourself or hmm. shifting it a little bit for you. But yeah. I, I think there's definitely people point. who are extra tired. And the idea of a single thing out of place or that not being in the right spot is just like crushing. And so now yeah, you need to, opposite, you're tired yeah. and now <sighs> I've got to scour the whole whatever to get everything straightened up because I just can't deal with the mess or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Tie up yeah, shoes. Yeah. Tie up That's shoes. Uh, I switched to loafers a while ago too, Harlan. I'm, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. You're See, I, I have I have loafers as well, but yeah. tie up shoes. <laughs> so I, I got tie up boots for work. But are you happy? It's just the shoes two funny. Do you have the four wheeled uh, motor drive <laughs> uh, a car? A car? <laughs> do, you, do you own a? Oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the vroom vroom. The yeah. vroom vroom. You know. It's clear that he has toddlers. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. Oh, I'll give you are. a pass for toddlers. Do you guys that's have tie-up shoes or Velcro? Because you're being like, no, no, Liam, put on your tie-up shoes, not your, not your slip. <laughs> okay, slippies. I just forgot the word laces. All right, no, it's Big perfect. Whoop. It's no, descriptive <laughs> to the thing. That you're... I feel like your shirt, which is like basically a '70s psychedelic print, really works in line with your air quoted Zen, which is really just lazy because you're hungover. Which again is a state I totally agree There's with, and I have been in. There's a cookie monster on the pocket. <laughs> you see the cookie. That's monster. even better. There's you tie dyed that. Oh, oh, nice. Actually, I didn't. My sister-in-law tied at it. Huh? She gave it to me. 
I like but, it. Yeah, but yeah. it is personally tie dye. That's a good. That's a good shirt. That's a bespoke tie dye job. That's right correct. There. Yeah, yes. and it's been <laughs> sp- spoken for. <laughs> so all of this is to say that Joe is extremely zen. I'm not because I'm you're overly tired. Mm. We're gonna be playing. She's like, no, that's not what happens. Well, I mean, you didn't tie up your shoes the other day. So. Maybe you could just like write it into the episode where everybody in Faerun is put under a spell tired. that That's everyone, right. all the NPCs are just a little bit more tired and Extremely we have to figure out I actually like that why. idea. That's kind of funny. I love the idea, yeah, of like slotting in little excuses to, to not have to do as good a job, you know? Like <laughs> Joss Whedon famously wrote an episode uh, of his show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where there's no dialogue and he did that because... He was tired that day? You know, there were some writers that said, oh, the show wouldn't be merely as good without the witty dialogue of this writer. So the entire episode is silent. It's all sort of pantomimed and all that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking we release episode 202, you know, and we say it's silent. Oh, I see where you're going. This is our silent episode where a spell gets cast over the town and that's it. It's just (laughs) 90 minutes of silent audio. (laughs) And at the end, it's like, I love it. Wow, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Sounds like this. It's like. Ninety minutes of ASMR. I, I do like that idea. It was, who's, who's that composer that wrote like four minutes, 53 seconds of oh, silence? Uh, John Cage. John Cage, thank you. There you go. Four minutes, 33 seconds. How do you write that, though? Effort, Alex. I, well, he went to school for music. He uh, he he went to the conservatory. It's just a bunch of rests all the way along. Like yeah. if it's not if it's in the middle of a song, okay, I I could get that you have like a beginning and then a four minutes of silence and that's art and then an end. But like to say that you wrote like here's my sheet music for my four minute silent song. Yeah. Like, why why would you bother? <laughs> but I think the sheet music uses different rests. I think it but like why I, 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 I don't know because it's, it's silent. Art, it's art. Yeah, I guess because it's art. But you know what? On the plus side, I can play it without a single mistake, and I'm I'm doing a great job. It's like <laughs> that artist. Did you hear about that artist who sold a blank canvas for like four point three million? Yeah, he called it "Take the Money and Run." Yeah, he called it "Take the Money and Run." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh no, sorry, it wasn't. What he did was it, he was commissioned to do yeah. a piece for oh, something like that, and that and called it "Take the Money and Run." That's rebel. Yeah, I like that though. That to me is like. It makes almost a little bit more sense to my simple brain where it's like, mm. okay, cool. Because, yeah. And then when asked about it, he's like, well, the piece was sort of a lesson in that people will pay anything for art, which yeah. it's perfect. It's perfect because it actually is Absolutely. an art statement as well as a fucking hilarious satire on how people yeah. will pay anything for art. And he made money off of it. But if we could go back to that four and a half minute song of silence, I just want to know, like, when they play it live, are they like, <gasps> they said, There's- yeah. Absolutely. Whole orchestras will just sit there on the stage yep. with their instruments ready and they just <gasps> wait. Yeah. Quoting MoMA, during the piece's premiere, Tudor sat quietly at his piano, opening and closing the keyboard lid to mark the progress of the three movements. The audience waited in anticipation of the performance, but the expectations of a conventional concert were shattered. Right. Standing ovation. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why this tickles me so much, but I'd love to see a, uh, a sketch where someone like tries to play that piece but fails, yeah, <laughs> accidentally plays a note. Just oh, I gotta start over. It's like whiplash. He's like again, 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 <laughs> faster. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I imagine four minutes and thirty three seconds. It's hard to end on beat, right? Like you, you yeah. might the, the timing must That's drift true. on you. <laughs> 
Could you imagine if someone's like, nah, someone performs that as their like entry into Juilliard and they fuck up the ending? It's like, I'm sorry, no, but but I do like that because you're right, and it is a subversion of expectation, and especially now, you know, with with it being the latest year it's ever going to be until next year. Uh, oh, before okay. people I have about it that way, okay, <laughs> people have only built up expectations. It's like Return of the Living Dead. You know, killing a a, a zombie's brain is is like the first thing anybody tries, you know, and it doesn't yeah. work. And there's certain pieces of art or even just media, you know, that try to make people expect something and then when it doesn't that in itself becomes the statement which i think is really fun yeah it's a weird reference but i just watched that movie so 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 with that in mind here here's an idea i just came up with right at this moment about you know an episode we could do it's not silent per se because i honestly think our our viewers would not really appreciate that well they're listeners yeah viewers they're they're not watching much of but if we did a whole episode in complete monotone Ah. Literally, you do the whole episode in total monotone. Everybody keeps their own tone. That'd be really tough. I think I would find that more irritating, personally. It'd definitely be more irritating. But I think it would be really interesting if we tried it. Alex, remember when we say you you make a bit go too long? This is when it's too long. But it's actually (laughs) really difficult to do. You should try it. It's like almost impossible. Don't want to try it. Promise. (laughs) So nobody's open to that idea. No, nobody's open to that idea. <laughs> the internet will sell me sheet music for four minutes and 33 seconds for seven bucks. Whoa, wow. Wow. I could torrent it for free. Four I'm sure you could. I, you know what I bet I could, I could figure seconds. it. No, you can't. People will know. Seven dollars for blank sheet music? But you know what? There's probably something to be said about owning it, you know? What time signature is it in? You'll have to go spend the seven dollars and find out. <laughs> I still like the the imagery of like this guy playing this playing this four minute silent song, and then an entire stadium. All you hear is like the chairs, like that of chairs, and then like that's all you hear, like a standing a ovation of like nothing, <laughs> like nobody's actually clapping. That kind of reminds me of uh, Shreds videos, if you've ever watched those, where they they take a an, an old music video, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they redub all of the the music, yeah. But they yeah. do it in a way that it looks like these people are just like they did one with the Beach Boys. That's just oh, hilarious. I have seen that. That's yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. I love the dancing in the street one. <laughs> anyway, let's play some D and D. Yeah, do it. Woo! Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Your breath streams out in ribbons of fog, dissolving in the cold alpine air. The pine forest is quiet once more. You're standing around the rocky hole in the ground. Shelter now turned into a tomb. The final resting place of Ulverd. Red has blood on his hands. A warm white light washes over Jack's body as Kraloth lifts his hand from his his back and shoulder and says, Well, you should be pretty good in no time. Thank you. Well, uh, praise Kalimvor for small graces. And Red climbs out, panting in the snow. You see the red speckling his face. <sighs> yeah, it did. You okay? Yeah, get over here, buddy. One of the hardest parts about being a knight of the Order isn't killing monsters. It's knowing who the monsters are. You gotta find your way into a world of people that aren't actually people. That's a perspective I haven't thought a whole lot about. It feels so unfair 
it, it doesn't make he's just a kid, right? You know, that was Kava's kid. Mm. <laughs> that wasn't Kavin's kid. Whatever that was down there, whatever took Renzo, whatever this shadow fell has cursed this land with. They're not the same people they were. Right. That's for damn sure. Why do these dark forces choose the people they choose? Is there any rhyme or reason to it? Did Kavan's son deserve this in some way? Or is it completely random? So I think Jack steals himself for a minute and casts a glance over to Red to sort of see what his reaction is to Jack going back down in the hole. Red gives a weak smile and waves him forward. And yeah, he takes a minute to go down to um, pick up the Wormblood's badge that he'd thrown at the kid just to, to toss through the rest of the kid's stuff that he'd hurried with him. And uh, then Jack crawls out of the hole in the ground carrying Ulverd's body and sort of shouts up to Kraloth and Doran to, to so give me a hand with this. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And Doran's kind of already sort of on his knees because he was helping Red up and he reaches down and grabs the grabs the belt of this uh this boy's uh pant belt and uh pulls it off of uh Rob's shoulder and yanks it out of the hole. Who's Rob? Ah oh, shit, Rob. did I just actually say that? <laughs> he also said pant belt. <laughs> well shoot tides. <laughs> Tie up shoes. <laughs> um Doran reaches down into the hole and grabs the belt of uh the, the kid's wearing and uh, pulls it off of, l- lifts the boy off of Jack's shoulders and out of the hole, dragging him to the side. Here, uh, Kraloth, help, help me with this boy. We'll, uh, mm. we'll find a spot somewhere where we can bury him in the dirt. Yeah, Kraloth is standing beside the entrance to the cave with a shovel and uh, he stabs it into the ground and says, Jack, are you able to do your uh, grave-making spell Ground's too hard for shovels. Yeah. It has come to be that, hasn't it? And uh, Jack says a word and moves his hand, and uh, the earth moves with it, and and a five-foot-deep grave is is formed in front of us. Mm. Red's over at the side, and he's actually kneeling down next to a stream, and he's washing the blood off his hands. He's sort of alone for a moment, and uh, as he stands there looking down at the water the trickle that passes he sees this reflection and sort of shakes his head and stands up almost practicing a smile as he turns back to the others and uh and joins them by the open grave jack stops doran and kraloth from lowering him to the ground just yet and, and says uh kraloth do you, have you ever seen anything like that it, this kid wasn't wasn't himself this is you know whatever spoke to us back in that mountain I don't know, is this that same hunger you guys came across? Kraloth kneels down over the body, and he focuses on his ring and calls his captain and says, Captain Trenieros, I've been wanting to speak with you about this. Uh, hopefully you can fill in some of the gaps of my memory here, but uh, is this the Shadowfell? The misty form of your captain walks out from behind one of the trees in this clearing and paces around this grave dug in the snow. And he shakes his head. He says, This This is some curse. Thank you, Captain. It didn't seem like the exact same thing that the hunger that happened to, uh, uh, what's his name? 
Renzo. Renzo, thank you. Red and Jack were both down in this hole when the child changed and became vicious and launched himself at Jack. And while it didn't seem exactly the same as what happened in Pella's Want, you saw a similar mutation occur. The child's teeth grew pointed, his mouth grew wide in his face, the skin on his body sagged. It, It did seem similar in appearance. Okay. Yeah, I think Jack looks the kid over and takes mental notes just to just to, you know, figure out if there's any clues that we mm. that he, that he feels like he could have noticed before the kid changed or should have noticed or wants to notice next time he encounters this. He's trying to just keep a, a list of them. The main difference here is that you have a corpse. You yeah. recall when Renzo was defeated, ah. he disappeared. He collapsed into a pile of ash. Mm-hmm. So, something there are some similarities and some differences, but it, it all happened so fast mm. down in the darkness. And I think, you know, it, it, was, it was difficult for you to see this child as anything other than someone who needed to have help. It's difficult for Jack now looking at him with the, the wounds that like the final blow Red put on him and all of that. Like, I really wanted to help this kid. And now we got to bury him. And so that's feeling pretty fucked up for Jack. And Kraloth sees this look on Jack's face, this look of defeat. And he says, we weren't able to help this one, but maybe there's information that we can gain from what happened here to prevent it from happening again. Let's, let's finish this here. Doran looks over at Red and says, uh, Hey, how you doing? Are you, uh, are you okay? Yeah, I just... Uh, Don't something uh, came over me. I just, I couldn't see clearly. I was overcome with this violence. And he says it in like a hushed tone, not willing to let the others hear. And he's just like, I I feel better now. I I don't know. I I think when he grabbed Jack, I just, I got really scared. You know, I I made a promise to Torin. And I want to make sure that he stays safe. What, uh... What happened down there? I mean, other than you losing your your temper, I mean, he, that that kid certainly wasn't that kid. And as you look back to Red, you see that Red is actually glaring at the corpse with that same seething anger. And as you catch his eyes, he sort of changes his expression and sort of shakes his head. He, he just changed. Jack and I went down to try to talk to him, and then he just, the minute that we said we would help him, and... And Jack turned his back. He he lunged at him. And I mentioned to Jack that I didn't I didn't trust him. And now Red's talking loud enough to sort of include everybody. Y- you know, Jack, something just seemed off when we were down there, didn't it? Yeah. Thank you. I, I you you had the you had the right of it. I, I was really preoccupied with with trying to save this kid. Trying. I'm not. I don't. It doesn't sit wet right with me. When strange voices tell me to kill a kid and or don't bring him back, that doesn't feel good, and I really didn't want to believe him. And now I don't know what we're going to do when we get back, because there was a voice that spoke to us that said, "Hey, go kill this kid," and now we did it. And maybe it was a maybe it was a good thing. Well, how do we do this then? Do we, we can't go back telling this mother that we killed his son. 
that I killed his son. Maybe we should just lie. What if we tried to commune with the spirit first when we got back before we told the rest of the town what happened? What if we just said, hey, we, we have something. We did what we were asked of us by the spirit of this place, and now we need to guidance before we can share it. For their best interest, maybe good that we don't explain exactly the details. All right. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Look, Red, I can tell you this. I don't feel right lying entirely, but we don't have to say that you were the one that stabbed this kid, you know, yourself. No, I, I hope not. I, I, I don't see it that way. All I mean to say is we don't need to bring the body back. Let's just bury it out here. Well, hold on. And Kraloth kneels down next to the body and just does a scan over the body and looks for any sort of trinket or a keepsake or something that this boy would have that his mother would know as his. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have much on him in the way of possessions, but your eyes fall on the belt that Doran used to pull his body from the hole in the ground. And it has a worked motif in the leather of it. Gently, Kraloth unwraps the belt and pulls it into his fist and stands back up and says, we can give this to his mother as a memento. I like that. Me too. Yeah, Kraloth, I want to give you inspiration. Hey, I will take that inspiration. Jack takes a minute to bury Olverd's body and creates a, a bit of a hill of raised earth, maybe slightly in the shape of a of a dragon, just like something that where it's going to be very clear to if this mother ever wanted to come find it, we could, you know, give her directions to the, the raised piece of ground and uh, starts looking at everybody to see if we're ready to march back. I think Red lingers on the grave for a second and just says, is this a wise idea? Uh, we don't know what came over this body. What if it's not entirely dead? I mean, when Renzo passed, he disintegrated. He disappeared. I mean, and don't get me wrong, burying the body is a kind gesture, and this looks nice, but I just realized we have no idea what we're dealing with. We just fought a hunt lord that seemingly raised itself from the ground. Who knows what we could be leaving behind down there? Hmm. Kraloth puts a hand on Red's shoulder and says, I know how you feel. I personally feel more comfortable burning corpses than burying them. I have seen the dead arise from the graves that I've dug for them. But in this case, my intuition tells me that this boy is at peace. It's been my experience that uh, not one person should just make the decision. It should be a group decision that uh, we, whether we, we decide to whether we bury the body or burn the body. That's not, no, don't, that's, that's not necessary. I'm, I, I want to say that, though. I want to say something about a group effort versus that one just shits just... all over what Jack was doing, which is well, only trying to progress the story. I don't blame Rob and, at all for doing Well, it. my favorite is Kraloth asked me to dig the grave. I know. I'm not, I wasn't saying it to try to be like, oh, yeah, you that's know, true. All I was saying true. is that I, I felt like the party yeah. needed to make okay. reference that By the way, I prefer back. burning But things, I was just, but, yeah, Jack. I know. Everyone, I was only saying it to make it clear. And now everyone's been like, Jack, you're wrong <laughs> fucking strong-headed noble wizards just do what they want to do and can't be told well, i said that satirically that was an inconsistency <laughs> mine, on is my a char- mine is a character comment that's why i wanted to put it in that's all. yeah no okay well let's let's as a group decide whether or not it's important as a group to decide things together 
And so I think I've come up with a new decision-making model for the Storm for, or for the, the Nightstone 4. I've, I've really written it out in this system. document. If you want to sign here, we now, can have Now, during the, a tie, <laughs> uh, equal vote goes to Shale and... Perhaps yeah. we should get some focus groups yeah, yeah, yeah. on this. These are the rocks that we've painted to draw. Why does Kieran get a vote? <laughs> well, look, I understand you might think Kieran could be... But they're a vital <laughs> member of this team, and they've got celestial <laughs> insights that maybe we could all learn from so after saying a, f- a few words to Kalimvor and overed Kraloth nods and indicates that all of the rites have been done shall we uh get moving yeah let's go back it's dark by the time you return to the great worm cavern the glow of firelight from within makes the ice pillars glint and gleam and you smell roast venison on the air hmm and I think Red's spirits have picked up. You know, he seems like his old self, as if nothing happened. <sighs> I'm hungry. Me too. Uh, but again, let's remember that we have plenty of food back where we come from. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll make sure to leave some space for them. Yeah, good idea. Jack, you hear a voice in your head. It's not easy to kill a young one. He was cursed and would have spread the illness to others here. A contagion of the soul. You have the blessing of the ancestors. Come. Yeah, and and I mean, Jack wrestles with a lot of that. Just there's an element of like, but sometimes you can heal the sickness instead of amputate, and he really is stuck on that for a minute. But he turns to his companions and says, "the the spirit of this place spoke to me again. It, it says we have their blessing to to go up." Then something falls and breaks in one of the family caves. And all around the cavern, in eerie unison, the heads of the barbarians here all turn to face you in the opening of this cavern. An older woman breaks out into some kind of high-pitched, keening song. And you see Cavan walk towards you out of the darkness. Jack, shut up. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Did you say Jack? Shut up. No, I said Jack. Should <laughs> shut, I shut? Shut your mouth. I had a real quick thought where he could cast invisibility, and I could go grab the thing while she, you know, because I don't know how they're going to react. But then I thought, let's just see how it plays out. You see that Kevin's face is streaked with tears, and she says, "The ancestors speak now to us." And say that you did their will with Ulverd. You brought peace to Banam's spirit. The voices from the crypts are pleased. I think Jack might kneel, actually, and just look up and say, I'm sorry we couldn't do more for Ulverd. I feel like we failed him, even if we did good for the tribe. You did what the ancestors asked. Thank you. And she wipes her face with the back of her sleeve. His heavy armor clanking, Kraloth steps towards Cavan and holds out a big hand. And in it is the leather strap that was Ulverd's belt. This was with him. And uh, I hope that you can keep this as a memento to remember who Ulverd was before whatever this affliction was took him. 
She nods and takes the belt from you like it's a lifeline. Uh, Dinner is ready. We'll join you happily, but I don't think we can eat. Uh, You you people have been much hungrier for much longer than us, Red says awkwardly. Yes, well, we will survive. Isn't there a tea ceremony or something we need to do before we can go up? It got cut. Deleted scene. Okay. <laughs> Very high British. I think you view. you got a like one of those special keys in we the level seated. that like yeah, yeah. Um, you get to bypass. It's like a warp zone. Yeah, understood. Um, no. <laughs> Let's sit for dinner and and contemplate a minute before we go up and see the ancestors. Mm. That's the least we can do. Yeah. Doran looks around awkwardly, having really no points to make this discussion, and he just says. I think it would be most respectful to sit with them, at least for a short time. Kevin says, yeah, yes, please come. Well put, Doran. Jack, I wish you said something like that. God. I push past Jack, useless on his knees as we're all still standing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase. I agree with Jack. There you go. That's so fucking funny. Jack. <laughs> Kiss ass. <laughs> And Red follows her very awkwardly, taking like the lead and then stops and lets the other three go first and to hang back, sort of. Jack stays on his knees till Kieran runs over and like gives him a hello to be like, oh, hey, you're here, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and sort you of. Give some face licks. Yeah. Mentally fills him in on what happened and like gives Kieran a big hug and then stands up to walk over to join everybody else for, for dinner. Even though Fey, like from the Fey Wilds, basically, you know, this this animal companion of yours yeah. is like half motes of magic. Um, Kieran still has shitty dog breath. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, he's celestial, but yeah, he's he's definitely still a dog. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you guys go and sit down. You find your, your way to a fireside. There are a couple of different campfires speckled throughout the back of this ice cavern and you find yourself a seat around these fires and partake with the with the community here it's a slightly awkward meal most of it is silent um people aren't really talking it feels very perfunctory ceremonial even considering these people are are enduring some measure of famine no one is celebrating this feast. And at the end, Cavan walks towards these ice slopes that flank the promontory that overlooks this cavern. And she nods and says, now is the time. I think throughout the meal, Red seems especially separate, especially back from everyone else. He sort of smiles and nods as people pass him bowls and things like that, but he's definitely feeling immense guilt, perhaps. It's difficult to exactly discern, but something seems off despite the facade he puts forth. And when she says this, he sort of stands up, brushes his paws on his trousers, and uh, starts heading towards the ice slope. Is it easy to scale or like, should I climb it? Like, can we all make it up? Everyone who is not a worm tribe but barbarian or who is not equipped with cool climbing claws has a hard time ascending unassisted. It's difficult. I really pictured there might have been a moment where we were up staring up at the, like at this hill just about where we're all gathered about to tackle the challenge where Jack comes up 
beside Red and sort of gives him a, a hug from around the side just to be like, Aww. hey, you saved my life. And this is a weird, hard day. Let's get it over with. Yeah. But sort of, sort of unspoken. But, but since but- Jack doesn't say any of that, he's like, why are you putting your arm around me? No. Why are you looking at me longingly? It seems like you're thinking something, but I don't know what you're saying. No, I'm just kidding. It's been a weird, hard day. <laughs> Red throws an arm around him and sort of side hugs him back as well, which is a different hug than you've ever received from Red before. It's always sort of this elated, almost flippant gesture. But this is sort mm-hmm. of the first time you've ever felt Red hug you back with an actual longing. And uh, he sort of steps back and mm. grabs his rope. And I think Red will climb up. And he'll tie off a rope and he'll lower it down for the others, sort of helping each one up with a hand, you know, sort of grabbing Doran's hand as he did with me and helping him up first. And then the same with Jack. And I think that moment of connection between each of them is necessary for Red for some reason. He sort of seems warmth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What does the cavern look like from this vantage point? So just to remind you guys, because it's it's been a little while since I first described the cavern. There is this central promontory that extends out into the middle of this huge ice cave. It's flanked on either side. So promontory, it's like Pride Rock, basically, if we're thinking in terms of Lion King, which I always am. We always think in terms of Lion King. <laughs> Who's Say, the scar of In the terms piece? of That's Lion a- King, <laughs> how many symbols are we away from being a full-on pride? But, uh, I thought you were going to use Simba's as like an, a term of like, a, yeah. it's like, like a unit Simbas of measurement. Are we up? Are we like four Simbas up? Oh, we're a Nala? Okay. Yeah. So if we're yeah, three okay. Nalas and okay. a Simba down, then how we're going to need at least 30 feet of rope. How fast are we traveling in Pumbas? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are we Hakuna Matatas or are we? That's great. So yes, it's, it's like a pride rock scenario. On either side of this promontory, there are treacherous slopes of sheer ice. It's a fairly steep mm. angle and they ascend 60 feet to a platform at the rear of the cavern that then forms a perimeter. And that's a top which you saw these warriors at the beginning of your time here. They were, were kind of like shouted at your entrance into the cave. Mm. Turning back on itself from that 60 foot height And jutting out into the center of the cavern, the slope rises even higher. And that's this jutting formation of rock and ice that I was mentioning is like this pride rock. Right. So it's about 80 to 100 feet high. All right. And I think as Red helps everyone up, he looks at the next height. He's just like, all right, that's at least three Rafikis, so I better get a climb on. (laughs) He starts climbing up the ice wall before lowering another rope to help them up. Arlen, do you have inspiration? (laughs) I want to give you inspiration. I do, but I'll take it anyway. That's just hilarious. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Against the far back wall of the cavern... Up on the platform level at 60 feet before ascending the central promontory, that's where you see this crescent-shaped piece of hanging art. It's gray and red, and ropes hang it from a large hook driven into the stone wall. And then finally, atop this promontory, there is another um, edifice, some kind of statuary, or it's hard to see from where you are, but there's something built atop the, the very pinnacle of Pride Rock, as it were. I'm picturing a snapshot of Kraloth and Doran standing over this promontory, looking down at the twinkling torchlight Mm. and the crowd of people 60 
80 feet below us. Yes, people are watching your ascent. The glistening of crowd the, surf. the ice on the uh, the walls of this cavern. And it's just this this beautiful blues and black and orange. And it just it's it's a breathtaking view up here. And I think Kraloth says that just wow. Uh the past few months I've seen a lot of beautiful things, but this one is definitely up there. You know what, Kraloth? I have to agree with you. It's pretty incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crystalline. Mm-hmm. And along this back wall, you see now that you're at this 60-foot height. Um, you see that there are crypts here dug into the walls. Not all of them are on a level with each other. It seems like maybe they had been built at different eras, right? With the ice melt and thaw and refreeze, maybe certain ones are at different levels, sort of commensurate with the climate at the that time of year or whatever. But so there are these holes in which there are, you presume, the bodies of ancestors. Mm. Do we assume that that is what we need? Red says, pointing to the large crescent red and gray thing. Or do we think it's in there? And he points to what's on top of the promontory. promontory. What's on top of Pride Rock? <laughs> hmm. Well, what's the thing on top of Pride Rock? <laughs> Are we just calling it that? What's it's it made Pride out Rock of? from now on. Is you it stone? You want to go up there? Yeah, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. where Kraloth and I are standing. Is that kind of what you mean? Uh, You can be. Yeah, for sure. Is it so, like is it made out of stone or at the top of the promontory overlooking this cavern beside you, Doran and Kraloth, there is this altar of frost covered stone. And it's carved in the shape of a coiled serpent with great wings. Jack, do you go up there to that altar? I do, yeah, yeah. I I think he's he's sort of just taking it all in, but yeah, he's he's trying to stay close to everybody else as we as we ascend, just because there's so many climbing dangers here that to mm-hmm. be far away is is uh, risky. Mm. It is very dangerous, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. Once you come to within 10 feet or so of that altar, Jack, you hear the voice in your head once more. You have done well to heed my words. Do so once more. The great worm tribe languishes under the sway of an evil chieftain named Wormblood. He must not be allowed to return to the cavern, or all here will perish. Hunt down Wormblood and slay him. Oh, really? Once again, to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Merlin, Mitchell Cadwell, Ashley and JB, Michael and Brianna Weber, Colin Burkhart, Daniel, Doug, Jessica Allred, Jonah Goldman, and Mari Kaneski. See you soon! Ah, uh, my fake laugh is so good. <laughs> Just say your fake laugh is so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your fake laugh is not good. That's actually my real laugh. <laughs> Every other laugh I do is fake, huh? You'll never know. Ha. Ha. Hmm. Ha.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.